your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 234 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you will get 20% off of your next order. That intro song you are hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. And today, definitely want to bring you guys the latest on the Ryan Strom arbitration situation here. Ryan Strom and the Rangers have exchanged figures, as a lot of you have probably heard already. Strom wants a new deal worth $5.7 million per year. The Rangers have countered with an offer of $3.6 million per season. This was first reported by Elliot Friedman on Twitter. So Rangers and Strom, they're far apart, but... It's not as daunting as it looks if you're a Ryan Strom fan, if you want him back on this team next season. I don't think it's all doom and gloom right now because this is what happens. This is how negotiations work. Both sides are kind of posturing right now. You go high, I go low, and then you end up meeting in the middle somewhere. So they're far apart right now, but I do think it's at least possible that somebody will blink or there will be some kind of a compromise and the Rangers and Strom can get something done before tomorrow's arbitration hearing. Uh, I don't want to speak for everyone, but I think there's a lot of people who, you know, when you initially hear these figures, years thrown out there, you probably think $5.7 million is too high for Ryan Strom. $3.6 million might be a little bit too low for Ryan Strom, considering the season that he just had with the New York Rangers. Uh, third on the team, in fact, with 59 points, 18 goals, and 41 assists in 70 regular season games. At this point, uh, I don't see a way for the Rangers to better spend their money than by bringing back Ryan Strom because, think about it, they've got about $7 million of cap space to play with. You're trying to bring back Ryan Strom. You're trying to bring back Brendan Lemieux. That should probably be enough to get it done. But if you think that maybe... If you're wary that the Rangers might be overpaying Ryan Strom if they give him, you know, $4.6 million, let's put, let's put it right in the middle. Let's do exactly that. Let's use $4.6 million. That's right between, about right between uh, what Ryan Strom wants and what the Rangers are offering him. Ryan Strom wants $5.7 million. Rangers are offering $3.6 million. Let's put it at $4.6 million. I know that's not exactly right in between, but let's say $4.6 million. So at this point in the offseason, with free agency you know, it, I mean, it's still happening right now. There's still some good players out there, but a lot of the big names are off the market and your options are kind of limited if you're looking to add on to your roster right now. So if the Rangers give Ryan Strom $4.6 million, does anyone have any ideas? Does anyone have any uh, better options for the Rangers, what they can do with the $4.6 million other than bringing back Ryan Strom for that price? I don't think there's a better option. You know, we did an episode a couple uh, last week, in fact, where we took a look at some of the remaining free agents that are still on the market that could possibly be an option for the Rangers if they fail to bring back or decide not to bring back Ryan Strom and or Brian Lemieux. I tossed out a few names. You know, Eric Hall is still out there. Carl Soderberg. Uh, maybe Derek Broussard. I got to at least mention Broussard. You know, that, that's kind of what we do here. But, uh, you know, are any of these guys that are still out there, are any of them better options than Ryan Strom? Michael Granlin was another, and I know he's a right winger rather than a center, but, you know, you would have to try to replace Ryan Strom's production one way or another. Maybe Michael Granlin becomes an option for the Rangers. But again, I don't know that I would rather have any of these players more than I would rather have Ryan Strom back on the team next season. I realize 
that there might be some Ranger fans out there who are wary because it was a career season for him. It kind of came from out of nowhere. His stats were definitely boosted by the fact that he played on the same line as Artemi Panarin, but Ryan Strom was third on the Rangers in points last season. That's not easy to replace, and it's definitely not going to be easy to replace at this juncture of free agency where options are really limited as far as who's still available out there. I mean, you look at somebody like Eric Halla. I know you know, he's kind of built up a reputation as being a solid two-way center. Uh, I do think he's a really solid player in this league. I also think Eric Halla is a downgrade from Ryan Strom. You look at Eric Halla last season, 48 games split between the Carolina Hurricanes and the Florida Panthers, 12 goals, 12 assists in those 48 games, doesn't exactly jump off the page. Certainly not producing at a Ryan Strom-like level, at least compared to how Ryan Strom produced last year. And if you want to look at the career totals, you know, Eric Halla, 405 games, 85 goals, 90 assists. So 175 points in those 405 games played with the Wild, the Knights, the Canes, and the Panthers. And with Ryan Strom, yeah, I mean, you could argue that maybe he played a little bit over his head last season, but he's still got better career numbers, uh, at least point-wise, than Eric Halla does. 491 career NHL games, 95 goals, 159 assists for a total of 254 points in those 491 games. So I think any way you slice it, Ryan Strom is the superior player. And let's also not discount the fact that Ryan Strom has proven bona fide chemistry with Artemi Panarin. Artemi Panarin was just a finalist for the Hart Trophy and the Ted Lindsay Award. Panarin's been a fantastic player throughout his career. He gets to New York his first year, all the pressure on him, and he has the best season of his career. And he does that with Ryan Strom as his center. So I don't want to, you know, send Ryan Strom on his way and bring in somebody like Eric Halla. Eric Halla is a little bit of a wild card. I mean, who knows? Halla might get the kind of statistical bump that Ryan Strom got this past season, but there's no guarantees. You know, you never know how two players are going to gel together. And what we saw last year with Artemi Panarin and Ryan Strom are two guys who were clearly on the same page, two guys who combined for a lot of uh, very beautiful goals last season. So I'm looking forward to more of that. I really hope the Rangers and Ryan Strom can meet somewhere in the middle. Uh, first of all, I just like Ryan Strom, and I think he can continue at about this level of production if he stays on the sideline with Artemi Panarin. But secondly, I don't think there's any better options. Who else are you going to bring in if you don't bring in Ryan Strom next season? So yeah, give me Ryan Strom. Like I said, hopefully they can meet somewhere in the middle before Thursday's arbitration hearing. If it goes to arbitration, it goes to arbitration, and we'll just see what happens next at that point. But uh, yeah, for me, I mean, I don't want to speak for everybody. There might be people who just think that $4.6 million is too much to give to Ryan Strom. But the question I pose to those people is, okay, who centers the second line next season? You know, I mean, there could be some internal options. Maybe Philip Hedl, you give him a shot there, but he's been inconsistent, you know, throughout his Ranger career. Still very young, still high on Philip Hedl in the long term, but I don't know that he's there yet that you want to put him in that position of, uh, you know, having to center the Panarin line. And, uh, you know, hey, kid, no pressure. Just, you know, make sure Artemi Panarin remains an MVP candidate uh, next season. So, yeah, I mean, uh, for, for me, I really want to see Ryan Strom back in this fold, but you guys let me know how you feel. You know, I'm curious to kind of get the pulse of Ranger Nation and uh, see if you guys think that Ryan Strom is worth hanging on to uh, in the long term here. The one thing I will say is that I do definitely understand where the Rangers are coming from here as far as them being hesitant to give Ryan Strom a long-term big money extension because you could look at last season and think that he clearly was playing over his head, which there might be some truth to that. For some context, 59 points last season. In 2014-2015, he had a 50-point season with the New York Islanders. But beyond those two seasons, Ryan Strom's career high for points in a season came in 2017-2018 with the Edmonton Oilers. He only had 34 points. And this is a guy who made his debut back in 2013-2014. And so, yeah, I mean, if, if you are the Rangers and you're not sure about giving him big-time money for a lot of years, I totally get that. There's some Ranger fans out there who might feel the same way. But I think, again, given the distinct lack of options available to the Rangers as far as 
the center of the second line next year is concerned. And just given the fact that he has that great chemistry with Artemi Panarin and was third on the team in points last season, I got to bring Ryan Strom back into the fold. If it ends up just being a one or two year deal, that's probably ideal. Uh, we'll see what happens. But yeah, I mean, Ryan Strom on another bridge contract, a one or two year deal worth about 4.5, 4.6, maybe $4.7 million a season. I think that's completely fine, especially when you consider uh, for this season anyway, the Rangers don't really have anything else they need to do with that money. I mean, Brandon Lemieux, yes, we're going to get to him in just a second as well, but Brandon Lemieux is not going to command, you know, a, a big-time massive contract. I don't think it's going to be any higher than $2 million at the very most. In fact, again, we're going to get to Lemieux in just a second. Lemieux's camp has asked for $2 million, so that's the high end of the spectrum as far as how much you're going to end up paying for Brandon Lemieux next season. So to me, it's very simple. There are no better options than Ryan Strom, and you have a need at second-line center, and you got to keep him in the full next season if you're the New York Rangers. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, and unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives, and if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off of your first box at BuiltBar.com. Once again, use promo code Locked On and get $10 off your first box at www.builtbar.com. All right, we also got to talk about Brandon Lemieux. There have been some interesting developments there as well as far as his pending arbitration case is concerned. Uh, the Rangers have asked the arbitrator for a two-year deal at 950 k for the first year, $1.075 million in the second year. That's a total of $2.025 million, an average annual value of $1.0125 million. Brandon Lemieux and his people, they are seeking $2 million per season. For some context here, Brandon Lemieux definitely looking at a raise basically no matter what happens because he's coming off of a one-year deal with the Rangers that paid him $925,000, so the Rangers are offering him a slight raise. Lemieux wants a little bit more of a substantial raise, and again, this is how it works. It could go right down to the zero hour. Maybe it even goes to arbitration. You never know how these things are going to shake out, but I think the Rangers and Lemieux, hopefully they can just meet somewhere in the middle. Maybe Lemieux gets about $1.5 million, $1.75 million, somewhere in that range, something that's reasonable for both sides. I think he's definitely in line for some kind of a raise here and definitely deserving of it. For some additional context, let's go ahead and take a look at his career stats as well as last season's stats specifically. So 131 career NHL games over three seasons for Brian Lemieux. Uh, the first season and a half came with the Winnipeg Jets. The last season and a half has come, of course, with the New York Rangers. In his 131 games, he has scored 19 goals, dished out 17 assists. This past season with the Rangers, six goals and a career-high 12 assists. Now, with Lemieux, as we all know, it's not always about the offensive production, right? It's about the game within the game. It's about that grit, that snarl, that ability to set a tone, that toughness that Ranger fans so desperately covet, and he delivers that. And he's someone who's capable of playing on the power play as well as the penalty kill, so he offers some versatility in those areas as well. He's just a solid depth piece for the Rangers. I think if you were to give Brandon Lemieux even like a long-term contract, I really doubt that you're going to look back and regret it years later because I just don't think that his average annual value 
no matter how long his contract is, is really going to be all that high because, you know, again, he just doesn't have the offensive numbers to justify it. But he's somebody, again, who can, you know, play the game within the game a little bit and, and affect the game in ways that only Brandon Lemieux can. He can get inside the heads of his opponents a little bit. He's just a tough physical player. He's somebody that his teammates feed off of. He's somebody, you know what? I, I'm going to throw this out there right now. I don't expect Brandon Lemieux to be an alternate captain for the Rangers, especially not going into this next season. I just think there's too many people in line ahead of him that would probably get the A before he does. But Brandon Lemieux as an alternate captain, whether it's with the Rangers or whether it's with somebody else later on in his career, I don't completely rule that out either because he's, again, he's just somebody who sets a tone, somebody that his teammates feed off of, somebody who seems to be very well-liked in the locker room, and uh, just somebody who's going to lay it all on the line every single night. It's never going to be uh, a lack of effort with Brandon Lemieux. So it's at least possible. But in the short term, for the purposes of what we're talking about here, yeah, I think Brandon Lemieux ends up back with the Rangers. It is interesting, though, because you know coming into this offseason, you look at the Ranger list of restricted free agents and unrestricted free agents. You look at the list, you realize, man, there's a lot of tough decisions to make here. There's a tough decision on Ryan Strom. There's a tough call on Tony D'Angelo. There's a tough call on Alex Georgiev, you know, how, how much do you value the backup goaltender position? With Brian Lemieux, it always just seemed like this would be one of the easier situations to figure out, and yet here we are, two days away from his arbitration case, still no new deal between Brian Lemieux and the Rangers. But I also get the feeling that the Lemieux camp basically needs to wait for the other dominoes to fall here, and really the only domino left ahead of him is Ryan Strom, because depending on how much Ryan Strom ends up getting with the Rangers, or if he's even back at all with the New York Rangers, that could obviously affect Brandon Lemieux. The Rangers have to figure out how much money do we have left to spend on Brandon Lemieux, uh, depending on what happens with Ryan Strom. So, you know, overall, I think both guys are going to be back. If you ask me to make a prediction, I think Ryan Strom and Brandon Lemieux both end up back on this team. That's what I've been saying all along. I think in both cases, it's a situation where both sides can meet in the middle and figure out a way to get a deal done. And I think it's really just as simple as that. Something else that I wanted to talk about as it pertains to Ryan Strom, though, I wanted to go over his last contract. I forgot to do that before, but we just did that with Brandon Lemieux. So let's talk about Ryan Strom's most recent contract as well. He is coming off of a two-year, $6.2 million deal. Now, obviously, no matter what happens, it certainly looks like Ryan Strom is going to be making more than $3.1 million a season next year. But the other interesting caveat here is the Rangers, and for that matter, any team in hockey with anybody who goes to arbitration— they can actually decline to hang on to Ryan Strom if the arbitrator rules that Ryan Strom should make more than $4.5 million per season. The Rangers at that point have the right to essentially opt out of it. I don't know what the legal term is, but they can basically just say thanks, but no thanks. We're not going to pay him that. He can go be a free agent and you know see what he gets on the open market. Uh, I don't know that the Rangers would do that. We'll have to just wait and see what happens. I don't know if the arbitrator would award more than $4.5 million per season to Ryan Strom, but it's definitely possible. That's kind of the middle ground as far as where the Rangers and Strom could end up if they decide to meet in the middle. But again, I think no matter what happens here, the Rangers should have enough to keep both players because even if Ryan Strom... Let's say he ends up getting $5 million, which you might think is a little bit on the high end of the spectrum. You might think that's too much to give to Ryan Strom. That's fine. But for the purposes of this exercise, let's just say Ryan Strom ends up getting $5 million a season for the New York Rangers. Even in that case, the Rangers still have about $2 million left to get Brandon Lemieux under contract. And that's what Lemieux is asking for. That's what Lemieux is asking for. That's not what the Rangers are offering. So even if Strom gets more than you think and ends up with $5 million per season, and even if the Rangers basically meet every single one of Brandon Lemieux's uh, asking demands or whatever you want to call it, then they'll still have enough. That $7 million will be enough to get the job done. If $5 million go to Ryan Strom and $2 million go to Brandon Lemieux. So for all those reasons, I definitely think both 
players end up back with the New York Rangers next season. They both played an important role this past season. I think they're a good bet to continue uh, producing the way they produce in seasons going forward. So, for me, I welcome both these guys back with open arms. You guys can let me know what you think, but I would love to see uh, Ryan Strome, Brian Lemieux back on this team next season. All right, I figure we can also talk about the NHL announcement that was recently made that the NHL will not play fewer than 48 regular season games next season. The target date to start next year is still New Year's Day, January 1st. It is also expected that the NHL will go back to the traditional 16-team Stanley Cup playoff tournament with every single round being a best of seven. I think that makes complete and total sense. I, I'm i a big believer if it's not broke, don't fix it. And the 16-team playoff tournament has stood the test of time. I think hockey fans love it. Even casual fans tune in and, and they get into the Stanley Cup playoffs a little bit. And you might hear that and say, well, what about this past season? You know, there was 24 out of 31 teams made the playoffs. We had a best of five qualifying round. It was crazy. Yes, that's true. I think given the unique circumstances we were dealing with this past season, though, it only made sense to do that because the playoff races were tight. I don't think it would have been fair to just end the regular season and not allow these teams to sort of make their push in the final 10 or 12 games or however many games these teams had left. It varies a little bit from team to team as far as how many regular season games they had canceled. But... The other thing, too, the human side of this, as far as this past season is concerned, is just the fact that 2020 has obviously been a very challenging year. You're dealing with this pandemic. Uh, thousands upon thousands of people have lost their life. There might be people listening to this that know someone who at least caught COVID, if not passed away from it. And certainly I'm sensitive. My heart goes out to anyone who was affected uh, by this horrible disease. And, you know, we always hear how some things are bigger than sports, right? And that's absolutely true, 100%. But we also hear about how, you know, sports have the ability to heal. We saw that in the aftermath of 9-11. We even saw that a little bit this year with the pandemic. I think a lot of people uh, really enjoyed watching sports again when hockey came back, when basketball came back, when football came back, when baseball came back. They all eventually made it back and or, you know, just began their seasons. But, you know, you look at the 2014 playoff tournament and you also realize by allowing 24 teams into the playoffs and again this is small potatoes compared to everything else going on in the world but you allow 24 different fan bases you give them something to get excited about you give them something to be happy about wow we get to watch our team in the playoffs this is so cool this is awesome and for the circumstances that we were dealt this season it could not have possibly gone any better than it did uh again no positive covid test by any player during the Stanley Cup playoffs that's amazing that's fantastic but i think next season now that we know, now that every team knows how many regular season games are going to be played, or at least we have a good idea of it, um, again, the NHL saying no fewer than 48. We'll see what the final number ends up being. But the bottom line is every team is going to go into next season knowing how many regular season games they have to play. And everybody will be on a level playing field, and hopefully they can just play all the games, and there won't be any complaints when it ends. As long as everybody plays the same amount of games and everybody knows what they were in for going into the season as far as how many games were going to be played, then it's all good. The top 16 get in, the other 15 do not, start the Stanley Cup playoffs, best of seven. There's no reason to mess with it. Uh, again, I, there were very unique circumstances this past season, but I think the 16-team uh, Stanley Cup playoff tournament is definitely the way to go moving forward. You can't let 24 of 31 or 32 teams into the playoffs every single year going forward. That would just be nuts. It would render the regular season pretty much meaningless. I mean, not completely because you still got to get in, but if you're letting three-quarters of the league into the playoffs then the regular season just doesn't feel as important as it does right now. But however many games get played for this upcoming season, the NHL definitely looking to go back to a full 82-game schedule in 2021-2022. We'll see what happens there. 
Uh, there's no way to know for sure. A lot of this is just kind of wait and see because we don't know what the world's going to look like then. You know, the pandemic is still an ongoing thing and you want to get back to normalcy as quickly as possible, but you can't do it uh, at the expense of everybody's health and safety. As far as this upcoming season, fan attendance, I mean, how's that going to work? We don't know that either. Obviously, you know, we saw with baseball, with the World Series and the NLCS, limited capacity uh, allowed into the stadium. The NFL, it's kind of case by case. Some stadiums have fans, others do not. And uh, we'll see how the NBA looks to handle it next season. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen. That's the bottom line. Uh, We'll just have to wait and see there as well. And then there's also issues such as border restrictions, you know, because there's obviously with hockey a lot of traveling between the United States and Canada, so that could be tricky as well. Like I said, we're very much in a holding pattern, very much in a wait-and-see-what-happens mode here. But we all just have to keep our fingers crossed, first and foremost, that the pandemic eventually goes away, becomes a thing of the past, and then secondly, that uh, the NHL season can just be what we all know it to be, just an 82-game regular season, the four rounds of the playoffs, and hopefully within due time, we can pack these arenas again and just go back to the way things used to be, which would just be fantastic for many, many reasons. But like I said, I know I'm a broken record here, but we're just going to have to wait and see how that all shakes out. So that's going to pretty much do it for today, guys, but I did want to give you guys a little bit of a glimpse at what's coming up at some point here, and I'm, I'm waiting until, I'm trying to wait until the Brian Lemieux and Ryan Strom arbitration situations kind of play themselves out here. But at some point, I'm going to do an episode where I kind of project the opening night roster for this upcoming season. I think that'll be a lot of fun. Try to figure out the 20 Rangers that will dress for opening night. Also going to take a look at some training camp battles, whether that's between guys who are simply trying to make the team or guys who are trying to move into a top six forward role or a top four defenseman role, or maybe even Igor Shesterkin versus Alex Georgiev. We're going to look at training camp battles as well, as far as players uh, trying to establish themselves and carve out their role on this team for next season. And then I know I keep talking about this one. We're going to get there eventually, but the Henrik Lundqvist 21 is coming up. We will take a look at Henrik Lundqvist, his career. It speaks for itself, obviously, but we're also going to look at the 21 goalies who were drafted ahead of him in that 2000 NHL draft and just try to figure out, okay, is there anybody here who can even hold a candle to the king? And I haven't looked at the list in a long time. I would imagine Henrik Lundqvist was probably the best goalie drafted that season, but to be fair, we'll go through the list. We'll see if there's anybody else uh, you know, who's in Henrik Lundqvist's class. But yes, that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to join the Locked On New York Rangers Fantasy Hockey League, then definitely don't be shy. Reach out and get in touch. Uh, The league is filling up. We are into double digits, but we can keep it going. If we have to do a 16, 18, 20 team league, we can definitely do that. We will have to cap it at some point. But if you'd like to join that league or you just want to get in touch, say hi, talk hockey, ask me a Ranger question, whatever it might be, then send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well. You can tweet me there or DM me if you're interested in joining the Fantasy Hockey League or for any other reason at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.